digging in the dirt. I'm digging in the dirt. This is Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher, where Kevin and his guests dig a little deeper into today's issues surrounding the environment, climate change, farming, gardening, and food. My guests today on Digging in the Dirt are Caleb Burton and Greg Lesson of Pinecone Kitchen in the town of Gray Eagle of Plumas County, California. I read about them in the Plumas News online in an article called Black Garlic, the Caviar of the High Sierras. Now, you should know, I have been interested in black garlic ever since two fans of Digging in the Dirt, Ann and Jim, suggested that I check out black garlic and do a show about it. And then my friend and colleague, the sorely missed Guy Beardsley, gave me two heads of black garlic when I bought seed garlic from him for my garden a while back, and I've been hooked ever since. Now I have finally found someone to talk about black garlic with me, and that's why these two self-described food lovers and black garlic makers, Kayla and Greg, are here today. Welcome, folks. Looks like you live in a very beautiful part of the country. Oh, absolutely, we do. And thank you very much for having us. Most definitely. We, this is uh, some of the best land we've, we could find for what we're doing. Absolutely. Great. So tell me how you got into selling black garlic. Give me a little bit of the story. Yeah, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, we've just been foodies our whole life and we kind of like to play with flavors and really enjoy cooking and study the culinary arts. And we kind of stumbled into it. And um, I guess my first experience with it was at a ramen house. And I just assumed it was conditioned in soy sauce. It interested me, but I kind of uh, forgot about it until a little later. I was reading about it and I recalled it's actually not conditioned in soy sauce. And it's, it's like a phenomenal chemical reaction that occurs that, that gives it its soy flavor and uh, makes it go black. So I was very interested in uh, replicating that myself. And uh, we've been experimenting ever since. So where do you guys sell it? We're on several shelves currently, and uh, primarily at, at a farmer's market. The Blairsden Community Center Farmer's Market is uh, our primary location for dis- distribution, but we're on the Gray Eagle store shelves. We're on the Natural Food Co-op in Quincy and a couple other small boutiques, Olive and Fig, Naughty Pine, The Peak, a lot of local shops. Oh, great. And so how do you package it and what do you charge for it? Because we're such a small batch mom and pop, and we're really adamant about batch consistency, we package it in small little jars and we sell it for $10 an ounce. Oh, cool. And, and how's the response been? It seems like you're blowing up a little bit, so it must be pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's been kind of unbelievable, really. Um, we're just happy to introduce it. And we have such a small limited capacity that we find our garlicology reaches more people than our garlic does, but we're, we're just eager to share and introduce. And that's very thrilling for us all the time. We think it should be available to everyone and we're happy to make it available to a few people. So can one of you tell me a little bit about black garlic? I mean, you know, a, a bit of the history of it, where it came from and how it's got, you know, popular. Uh, so a little bit of research that we've done, um, it's it's like thousands of years old, um, primarily in like Southeast Asia, Thailand, Korea. It's been used primarily as a like pharmacopoeia before it was part of your food. Their cuisine. Yeah. Um, they were using it. You know, garlic has amazing health benefits, um, antimicrobial, antifungal. So you know, times before penicillin was around, uh, garlic was used to, you know, treat things like the flu, the cold, and whatnot. And uh, so that was that was when we first kind of like discovered the history of it, and um, it's just kind of becoming more popular. 
in the last few decades uh, here and in England and all that. A couple of big chefs on uh, TV have been have used it, and that's where it's kind of been gaining a little bit of popularity here. But um, it's it's very old recipe, very very yeah. old. Yeah, four thousand four thousand plus years, and it's believed in ancient Taoism. Uh, black garlic was said to give you immortality. And like Kayla said, it was part of their pharmacopoeia before it was part of their cuisine. Uh, uh, it was actually used, one of the uh, prescriptions was, it was an aphrodisiac. Oh, well, that's a good benefit, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yes, so yeah, I, know, I know that a lot of people's, I mean, Guy Beersley, he he said it was, you know, he, he thought it was one of the healthiest things you could eat. So do you, is, is that something you guys believe too? Oh, most definitely. Yes, sir. Uh, we're constantly learning about more benefits and we're reading studies the conversion of the sulfur and the acidity increases the antioxidants. And uh, there's, there's just a plethora of health benefits for anything with that many antioxidants. It's got anti-cholesterol properties studies have shown. We're just, it's just constantly serving our body. And it's so absent in Western cuisine. I almost feel like it's, it, it delivers something that's been missing for so long. And we're really enthusiastic about the health benefits, most definitely. Cool. So tell me how you personally go about making black garlic. Can you explain the process a little bit? We've experimented. We're, we're probably about at least 50 batches. Uh, I could go over my notes. I think a little, maybe plus. And we, we originally started uh, with a reference from a YouTube video, which is wrap the garlic bulbs in saran wrap and then wrap it in foil and then put it in your crock pot. So we started, we were making about 10 cloves at a time when we first started. And uh, we were learning about controlling the heat and humidity. And we've come a long way since then. But I recommend that's the best way for anybody who wants to make it at their house. We can make it easily in a crock pot with some saran wrap and you wrap in the foil around the saran wrap. That gives you a little bit of uh, humidity control. Now we've graduated to a process where we need much more humidity control than that. We're looking for batch consistency and we're really dialing in. I believe what sets our garlic apart is the humidity and moisture content of our garlic. Um, it's immediately charcuterie compatible. It's spreadable immediately on a cracker, but it's also got a consistency where if you, because it's got a natural antimicrobial, antifungal properties, you can leave a, a clove out of the jar for about four hours and shave it as if it was a truffle. And uh, that's exactly where we wanted application wise. There's a lot of variables as far as when the garlic was harvested. I mean, we're learning about all these different contingencies to get the results we want. Very cool. So uh, how much do you make at one time? Well, we started, like I said, with 10 cloves and we graduated to about, yeah, I think our biggest batch has been close to 70 pounds, but we are on average, we do 40 pounds batch loads and we stagger them weeks apart. Cause it takes a while. Oh yes, yeah, sir. It's well, we've, uh, we, you can facilitate the Maillard reaction was what, what it what that's what gives it the color but uh, we found you can do that as soon as nine days so you can really you can turn white garlic to black garlic in as fast as nine days and i think really? a lot of amateurs or people who are just beginning uh, immediately assume that there they go and just like we did but we've discovered that it has a lot longer shelf life and the antimicrobial properties and antifungal properties really get promoted around the 45th day and right. we don't take our garlic off any time before 60 days. It's uh, the the small the shortest batch we've ever done in 60 days to to meet our standards. Wow, great! You know we can't buy black garlic like from you here and where I live. So my wife and I took the plunge and bought ourselves a, a 
black garlic cooker. Now they're kind of pricey. They're about a hundred bucks, but, but it's so damn easy. I have to tell the audience that, uh, you know, we put 16 heads into the two tiered cooker, push the button, it automatically sets the temperature to 77 degrees, which is about 170 degrees Fahrenheit. And then it cooks it for 287 hours. It counts down. And then if you see it, I go into the garage all the time and say, Oh, it's two 30 and it's one eighty, And then it's when it finishes cooking, it shuts off automatically. And it's like you said, it's a long time cooking it. I notice that you know, we have no problems with it, you know, being like in the refrigerator for long periods of time. So yeah, we, absolutely. Those units are great. Uh, I would love to play with one. Those are, those are a lot of fun. A, a couple of my friends, chef friends have them as well. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good way to get in if you, uh, you, may, you know, that's a pricey amount, you know, instead of just buying it from, you know, somebody like yourself, you know, where you can get a little bit at a time, but they, uh, they are pretty handy. That's for sure. So, you know, uh, one thing I've warned, have to warn everybody though, about that having your own garlic cookers and you must run into it too, is the smell. I mean, it definitely oh, has to be. <laughs> it definitely has to be in the garage or a shed or someplace because you can't do it in the house. It just, you know, well, it stinks heavily of garlic. <laughs> Absolutely, it, it really is, and we've done batches about twenty pound batches, and uh, the conversion when it's converting from white to black, it happens around the first twelve days, and right. that's when the smell is the worst. I right. Mean, essentially all the sulfur and acidity is in the air. It's Allison. We've woken up in the morning and it felt like somebody had just chopped some onions in the bedroom and our eyes are on <laughs> fire. Uh, we have, we've been dealing with all that. I have a sock drawer with dress socks. I only open every Sunday and uh, I don't know how the garlic smell has infiltrated my sock drawer, but yeah, it, it, we've definitely, we, it's kind of funny around town. We, we've been known for smelling like garlic for a while. Yeah, you, you got to like the smell of garlic if you want to do this yourself, for sure. Yeah, yes, sir. we keep the vampires away from the whole neighborhood. <laughs> That's funny. So <clears throat> let's let's tell everybody about what you think black garlic tastes like, you know, because it's a everybody has a little bit different uh, idea. And when I've given some to people, some people I've actually had, and you probably had it too, the reaction of, ugh, <laughs> they don't like it at all, right? <laughs> they, so I just say, well... Yeah. More for me. <laughs> I just, you know, yeah. thought you, you might might enjoy it. But what do you think about the taste of, of it? Uh, well, when I first tried it straight out of like out of its manufacturing, not adding it to anything, it really had like a black licorice taste. So it kind of threw me off a little bit. Very, oh, very sweet. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, over time, since we've been cooking with it with various flavors, we found something interesting when we when we cook our black garlic or add it as a garnish to something that's a little bit on the sweeter side, it's going to have more chocolate notes versus if we cook it with something a little bit more on the salty side, it's going to taste a little bit more like umami. You're so talking I'd about when you put it in a recipe. Yes, sir. Yeah, when you, it's got a, it's got a general sweetness to like compared to raw garlic, it's much sweeter. It's got a you know when you put raw garlic on anything and you take a bite, it's right there on your palate. You taste it. Oh, there's garlic in this. Uh, black garlic is much different. It kind of sits on the back end and it'll just complement whatever you cook with it. But generally speaking, I'd say it's umami, sweeter, um, almost a little smoky as well too. Uh, it's, we we generally say it's got a consistency of like a mushroom or a truffle. Um, so it'll, it, depending on how long you cook it for, if you cook it a little bit longer, it'll come out a little bit harder, but generally when we get it right where we want it to be, it's soft. It's like Greg said, it's charcuterie, uh, compatible. You can just spread it on a piece of toast. Um, yeah, but it, awesome. it generally is much sweeter. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I get a slightly sweet balsamic, like raisiny yeah, flavor yeah. sometimes, you know, that's, mm-hmm. and my, I asked my wife, what, what would you describe the consistency? She says, it's sort of like a mushier gummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that's very accurate. Uh, when I first stumbled across it, I thought it was conditioned in soy sauce. It, it rang my bell just like soy sauce did. And I thought this may have just been soaked or somehow simmered or uh, even pickled or so. But uh, I think it has kind of a teriyaki soy sauce. And like Kayla mentioned, we've been experimenting. Uh, there's been cocktail bars out here that uh, have put it in drinks. And Whoa. it expresses itself in um, as chocolate when you combine it with sugar. We put a little bit of brown sugar and a little bit of uh, black garlic. And nobody could believe there wasn't any chocolate in this cocktail. You got to be using it with like a brown liquor like bourbon or <laughs> scotch. Right? Yeah, yeah, sir. it was kind of a uh, play on a mojito. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It, it complements uh, a variety. It's just very, very versatile. It's uh, I'd say it's as versatile as white garlic, maybe even more, because huh. all garlic lovers are interested in black garlic. But if you hate garlic, I would encourage you to look at black garlic because there, it has really nothing in common with white garlic by the time it goes black. It's got much more in common with, like Kayla said, with a truffle or a mushroom. And application wise, I think that's the best way to think of it. If you think of it as a mushroom and you apply it culinarily like a mushroom, I think that's more accurate and you're going to have less trouble than working with it in other in other aspects. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it does. As it transforms, it loses a lot of its garlickiness. You know, it, it, it's got that back end hint of it, but it's really not a powerful garlic taste. It's much different. Yeah, it's very subtle and quiet back yeah. in the And we have found, uh, what's cool too is like, I have a few family members in particular that raw garlic, they love the taste, but it just tears them up. They get gas, it makes them stink and they just really can't eat it <laughs> because it doesn't work well with their body, but they find that they can eat the black garlic and it and because everything is broken down and softened and caramelized, the allicin and the sulfur doesn't create so many problems for them. So they're able to eat garlic in their diet and not not have all those side effects from the um, from the burning and the, the gas. Yeah, much more so. mild and less acidity. Yeah. So what kind of garlic do you use? Do you use different varieties and do you find that they have different tastes? Well, yeah, that's one of the contingencies and variables we've been trying to control. And we, it's important for us, priority we give to proximity. So it's very important to us that we get these small batch garlic farmers where we're shaking hands and making eye contact with the guy who watered it. So we prioritize that over a specific kind of variety. And then we're dialing in the variables because it's all contingent about when it's harvested as well. If you take some immediately fresh garlic out out of the ground, it's gonna take a lot more uh, time to caramelize all of those um, enzymes and sulfur. But if you have some garlic that's been sitting somewhere on a truck, and basically what we're doing is aged garlic. So it's not as important to get fresh garlic for us we value the locality it's us we're really we want to um pay homage to the local farmers it's a, it's a value that's reflected in our business and and the way we eat and uh that's that's the most important thing for us is to to get the garlic that's grown on the dirt that we're walking on Support the local farmer. That's what we're all about here. Um, so we're talking to Kayla Burton and Greg Lesson of Pine Cone Kitchen. They're into selling black garlic. And I just had 
the need to talk to somebody about black garlic because there's not many people who know about it and everything. And when I saw you, you guys um, in that article, I said, Hey, I got to talk to these guys and see what they're up to about this. So, you know, you, so, you know, I, like I have to, because I don't have the necessarily the farmers here all the time, I'm always on the lookout for a good local farmer, but sometimes when I need it, I, I, I go to the, my local Indian, you know, big, outdoor kind of place and they and they have really good garlic organic garlic and large do you find you need larger ones to to get a good you know clove out of it when you're finished yeah it's funny you said that kevin that's that's quite brilliant of you to even recognize that that is one of the uh issues we run into is some of this locally farmed garlic it's it's hard to get a consistent clove size and uh when you're peeling the cloves as we do, it's very difficult to sit there and peel a real, you know, one of those micro cloves and you're just, it's almost like the, the peel is touching itself and it becomes very difficult. So yeah, we, we, our goal is cloves the size of our thumb. And that's kind of difficult yeah. when um, Montesanto and all these bigger companies aren't involved. It, 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 the clove consistency and the size has been a challenge for us. Yeah. The ones I buy are huge from India and I, I like them better because I read a lot about Chinese garlic and I avoided like the plague because they, they have, um, you know, they bleach the outer skin to make it all white, you know, and perfect. And they, I think, and I've seen yeah. reports that they use like um, prisoner labor to, to yeah. do the, do the garlic. I, I can't abide by that at all. So I, I stay away. Yeah, from yes, Chinese. sir. You gotta be very careful with imported garlic. And it, there is, uh, I've read an article, probably the same one you noticed. Uh, it gets peeled with teeth in prison in China. Wow. I know. Yeah. The things people will do for money, huh? Yeah, yes, sir. So you guys are uh, food lovers, and this is how you got to to black garlic. But and I see that you spent eight months in Kenya. What what happened there? I mean, why did you do that? And that had nothing to do with black garlic, probably, but it probably had the the, the path to where you came. Yeah, it's it's all related in a weird kind of way. We, my brother was getting married in Kenya, and my father and brother lived there, and uh, ex-military. We went to visit for 21 days and uh, COVID immediately struck. When we left the States, there was really no sign of anything. Uh, we were reading about Wuhan and that was about it. And uh, the news was talking about Wuhan. But as soon as we arrived to Kenya, it went into full international lockdown and we were grounded, all flights were grounded for eight months. Really? So you got stuck in Kenya? Yeah, we did. It was actually... Uh... We actually had a really great time, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it was March of 2020. We flew out. And then literally within a week, uh, we got the notice like, hey, we're shutting borders down. And I mean, thankfully, we have family out there and we felt very connected. But yeah, we pretty much just packed for three weeks and ended up staying for eight months. Um, and it, it was wild, especially during COVID. I mean, it was a very interesting time. But uh but yeah, we came back and, you know, we were working mobily at the time and, you know, we were looking at moving and, and during that time we had tried making our own black garlic because, you know, McGregor had mentioned we had it at a ramen house and, and we like to, we like to find, we like to just experiment with food and anytime we get inspired by something that we see, we try to do it and we made this batch and then we came up to Grey Eagle just visiting and we passed it out to our friends and they were like, wow, this is incredible. We've never seen anything like this. And then it just, it just kind of developed and we were like, wow, we can, we can really like make this and sell this and, and, and make it a legit business. And so that's, that's pretty much what we did. Great. Um, and now you're, after we got back to the states yeah and now you're on a radio station in the east coast <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been a wild journey we, we who would have thought 
Yeah, I can't believe it sometimes. We still wake up and it's just, it's just That's amazing. good. Well, best of luck with that stuff. But before I let you get away here, I got to know, I keep it in a jar, you know, easily accessible in the refrigerator and you know, about every day, pop a couple of cloves into my mouth. I love the taste of it. So I think, it, don't you agree? It's a little bit of acquired taste in a way, but once you oh. get it, you can't, you can't do without it, I think. Absolutely. I entirely agree. Most people, like you said, when they initially smell it, it, they don't really know what to expect. And it's hard to brace them for, for that uh, difference for that flavor. But yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It grows. When I first started, I, was, I could only eat about a half a clove or maybe a clove. And I've graduated to I'm eating about four ounces a day. And I, I can't help it. I put it on my toast. I put it on my cream cheese. Uh, we're playing with a recipe right now with this chicken liver pate. And uh, that's just really just, I wake up in the morning thinking about that and we'll go to sleep. Cool. Yeah, well, so that's what I wanted to ask Kayla. And is there a particular recipe that you love or ease, something easy to, like you, we, I, I just want to give people an idea that it's not just about popping the clothes, but I'm having difficulty trying to incorporate it into my meals. You know, I, if you, I can mash it up and put it into the, the tomato sauce for my spaghetti, you know, so that you don't even see it. It's just adds this, heavy flavor to it that's nice you know that's is there some recipe that is easy for people to try with black garlic yeah i um so you can definitely chop it up and add it to your pasta sauces again it's it's very mild flavor so my favorite thing to do is literally just add it to a garnish to whatever i'm eating um, we also very popularly we use it with our marinades for different meats um i mean it's great on vegetables as well too but uh chicken, seafood, even our tri-tips when we make meat, when we cook meat, we love to marinate it. We'll just stick it into the meat itself. But generally, I think the, 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 the most hot ticket item really is any Asian food. I find that that's where that flavor just fits in so well. Like Greg said, the first time we had it was at a ramen house. So I tell people when you make stir fries or you know, uh, ramen of any kind, it just goes so well in. But again, I mean, I find myself just dicing it up and throwing it on my mashed potatoes or anything. And I've really never found it is offensive to anything I put it on. I mean, I even have friends put it on their eggs in the morning. So, you know, it generally just garnish it on top of, of whatever. And it's, it makes a great marinade and we've added it to, you know, balsamic vinegar. We've made vinaigrettes with olive oil. I mean, it's, it's, it's very versatile, even salad dressings. I mean, I've had people throw it on their salads um, just yeah, as a top. It adds kind of a, a umami dimension, a sweeter umami dimension mm -hmm. to any dish. And like Kayla said, uh, garnishing, if you, if you solidify a clove outside of the jar for about four hours, you can shave it as if it was a truffle. And we prefer that than putting it into the sauce because it kind of gets lost in the sauce. And by all means, it doesn't replace white garlic whatsoever. It's, an, it's a separate entity as far as we're concerned. So we always tell everybody, don't replace white garlic with black oh, yeah. garlic, but let them share the plate and uh, kind of do a two clove split or a 50-50 split. And uh, it'll add another umami dimension to any of your dishes, really. That sounds right, because I'm, I'm not giving up my garlic. <laughs> I'm yeah, a big fan. Yeah. We're not ready to lose white garlic. Anymore. All kinds of garlic I want, you know, so I, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, and, we, and I'll, I'll throw a couple of cloves on a plate, like, say, with a lamb chop or something like that, you know, just oh, yeah. on the side, you know, and people just say, well, what's this? <laughs> That's very Yeah, cool. we had a recipe contest on our page, and um, we had chefs participate, and it was really interesting to see how the chefs interpreted the flavors um, guys have put it into pasta. Our friend Chris has put it into pasta. A local bakery, Belaine, has made a ham, brie, and black garlic croissant that does very well. It, it pairs with brie cheese unbelievably well. 
And uh, we've just, it's made it into the Bloody Marys as a Bloody Mary garnish. It's sitting right next to the olive and the uh, <laughs> asparagus. I like the way you think. Uh, yeah, it's, been, it's very versatile. That's great. So on your um, Facebook page, I saw or somewhere that you said the food industry in America needs a makeover, and we're happy to be part of it. Let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. You want to extrapolate on that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, I believe when you start prioritizing profit over just general quality, I mean, we have companies in America are mass producing things and they're looking for ways to save a fraction of a cent at our expense. And uh, we take the opposite approach. We're just adamant about consistent batch quality and we go through great lengths and put in way more hours than we could possibly, you know, it, for us, this is kind of more, in, more than we're in the business of selling garlic. We, we'd like to share our garlicology with everybody. And I think we're reaching more people with garlicology than we are with our garlic. We just have a limited capacity with our garlic. We're a micro batch mom and pop. But uh, I think what we've done for black garlic is really, and thank you for allowing us with your platform, is really just share everything we know about it and hope to inspire other people. And we encourage people to make it at their house. Uh, we're not in competition at all. We, uh, for us, it's the health benefits and getting this medicine around is much more valuable to us than, than any dollar that comes across our table. Cool. Well, I, I thank you for being on here. And I also wish you all the luck with your business. It sounds like you got a good thing going here. Um, this is Kayla Burton and Greg Lesson of Pinecone Kitchen out in California. Where can they reach you if they want to reach out to say hello or find out if they can get something from you or, or just talk to you? Uh, we've got our website right now is under construction. We're working on it. So we're very, we're very active on our, both of our social medias, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Pinecone Kitchen is where you can find us. Um, we're very active on there. We're, we're getting everything set up for, uh, for shipping so we can start shipping, you know, black garlic out. Cause right now it's very, very much a local thing. Uh, like I said, our farmer's markets are our main, uh, our main Avenue, but, um, yeah, we intend to ship one day and, uh, once we reach the capacity for shipping without, without compromising any of our values, that's, that's uh, what we're really looking for here. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming on Digging in the Dirt. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Digging in the dirt. Digging in the dirt. You've been listening to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher. 